Welcome to the Journey Living Podcast, where we take on the real life topics while inspiring you toward hope and healing in God's Word. Join Pastor Mark Bird along with speaker, Christian life coach, Shannon Meyer, as they guide you through a roadmap, gaining fresh vision and inspiration for going forward on your journey, encouraging you to run your race with endurance that is set before you. Welcome back again to another episode of Journey Living. My name is Mark Bird, and I am joined, as usual, with Shannon Meyer. Shannon, welcome today. Well, thank you, Mark. It's so good to be back in the studio with you and all of our listeners. I'm so excited about today's topic because this is going to be one that I think nobody is going to want to miss. I know I certainly don't want to miss this. And we didn't prepare anybody for this, which is fun, Shannon, because we're going to delve into a topic that is... I guess it's safe to say could be controversial in the church today. But as we unpack this, Shannon, I think it's going to be a fun ride. I do too. So today I'm asking the question, is this really happening? Like what we're going through, have you ever just asked yourself, and I know we touched on this last week about living in uncertain times, is all this that's going on really happening? Do you ever feel like, Mark, sometimes you're like in a nightmare and you're like, Man, I can't wait till we wake up. Oh, yeah. And I have a lot of people ask me, and and a lot of non-believers ask me, is this like something that the Bible talks about what we're going through? Yeah, and that's what today's topic is exactly about. It's about prophecy. And I'm not greatly versed in the end times and revelation. It's a tough chapter. I think it's a tough chapter for all of us. One, because I think there's some scary things in there that people are like, is that really going to happen? Right. And then there's things that we may not understand, or there's symbols of things that it takes a good scholar some time to really dig into. And Mark being with us today and the wonderful pastor that he is, is going to lead us with this and some prophecy teaching. But it's here that I want to ask the question to all of you listening, and we're going to just kind of poke Mark at this to give us all the great answers for prophecy. Not to put you on the spot today, Mark, but... It's okay. That's why I'm here. So I just want to say, um, with the limited knowledge that I have, I see the the um, chips being put in our animals, and now they're wanting to put them in our children in case they're lost, and they're putting them in the top of our hands. Now I'm seeing the palm pass. You know, we've got the, the vaccines and the boosters, and now there's COVID cards, and you can't enter here unless you have this or that. And just so many things are lining up with end-time prophecy of there being an antichrist that there would be one world money. We see the Bitcoin huge right now. We see the cashless society being ushered in. I know we're going to an event this weekend that says it is no longer, we do not accept cash anymore. This is a cashless event. I see that on more stores. Make sure you only use your card. I see it in how they're having us go through lines, how we're staying six feet apart. Just so structured in... I often think back to like the the days of the Jewish and the Nazis of ushering people into trains, promising them a better life. But what they're doing is is preparing us for what is to come, ushering us in to accept the Antichrist. Now, we're going to talk a few minutes today about will we be here? We, meaning Christians, I would think most of the people listening to a Christian radio, Christian podcast A lot are believers. Some may not be, and they've just tuned in today. And we are so glad you're here. We hope that you will get something from this. Are we going to be here, Mark, to see the Antichrist? Are we going to be here to have to take 
that mark of the beast, the 666 on our forehead, on our right hand. Are we going to see the end time prophecy that we read about in Revelation? Are we leading up to present ourselves to this day where you will not buy without the mark of the beast? I think of Alexa and Google being in our homes. Where oh, yeah. They are, we can command them to do something for us. But, you know, if you look at that, that is also for them to be listening to us, for them to control us. They can control our lights. We've got things now that can start your car, stop your car, drive your car. Wow, that's true. <laughs> think about that, that we are being ushered into a time. And that's what the question I have before us. Is this really happening? Are we on the cusp or are we here? There's some people who think this is the tribulation. This is ushering us in. So today what we're going to do, Mark is going to kind of help us navigate through those big questions. I know I've had them before. So Mark, where would you start in Revelation? What is a good verse? What Talk, talk to us about the person who's like, that, that chapter is real scary. Yeah. But I want to know about it because I'm a believer. And I do believe that I think everything from what I understand has been done in prophecy. There's nothing else yet to happen, according to the Bible, that the next thing prophetically to happen is the return of Christ and that he will come back and rapture his church. Yeah, and the amazing part of this story, honestly, uh, Shannon, is the fact is everybody, since uh, Christ was on the earth and, and he left, including the disciples, everybody thought, you know, this was going to happen in their lifetime. And so the, the question reminds, oh, and this is what I hear people say all the time. Oh, I've heard people talk about this for years. You know, this is the last days. You know, I've heard about this. Well, here's the one thing I want to talk about with, with prophecy. And the one thing that I don't have memorized, Shannon, right now is the statistics, uh, which are how many prophecies have already come to pass. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about prophecy, period, Okay, there are a number, uh, and it's double-digit numbers, uh, how many prophecies have already come to pass, and there are a few that are yet to come. Okay. But here's the one thing I want to begin to unpack for those people that may be doubting a little bit about prophecy, like, like even is this for today, or was this just from days of old, or whatever, but I'm going to take us to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 to begin with, and I want to, uh, it lists out a, a few things from the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica saying, listen, here's some things that you should do as a church or as a body of believers. And I'm going to start in verse 16, and I'm going to stop and pause and ask a question. So Paul starts off and says, rejoice always. So do you have a problem with Paul telling the church to rejoice always? No. And then he says, pray without ceasing in verse 17. Shannon, do you have a problem with Paul encouraging the church to pray? Absolutely not. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do you have a problem with that, Shannon? No. Right. Well, verse 19 says, do not quench the spirit. Now, I read that for maybe you read it for the first time. And now you have a question mark. What do you mean quench the spirit? How do I quench the spirit? Because obviously Paul's saying not to do it. But listen to verse 20. Do not despise prophecies. Wow. So, hmm. you know, I've heard that verse, do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Is this the same verse connected to this? Or is that found somewhere else in the Bible as well? Because I've never heard that. It's a contingent. Like, right. Look at, that's a comma. Do not put out the spirit's fire, which is in my Bible. Sure. Do not treat prophecy with contempt. So right. saying if you're contemptuous with prophecy, 
you're quenching the spirit. Oh, yeah, are they connected, Shannon? I yeah. guess that's the question, yeah. right? And so when you read this, honestly, Shannon, what, what do you feel about that? I feel like if you treat prophecy with contempt, you are squelching. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. That's for sure. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and we won't do that right now, but I will say this. If you go there, it talks about how to exercise prophecy in the church, right? It talks about this. And it says when you're when someone gives a prophecy in church, verse 21 here of 1 Thessalonians 5, says, test all things. Well, when the Apostle Paul is instructing the church of how to deal with prophecy in the church, he says, let every word be tested. Mm-hmm. Well, here again, he's lining up with that same instruction that he gave to the Corinthian church, right? Sure. And saying, test all things and hold fast to what is good. We don't have a problem with that, testing all things and holding fast to what is good. And then he goes on in verse 22 and says, abstain from every form of evil. So my question is, of all the things in this list, which one do we have a problem with? Well, the answer should be we don't we shouldn't have a problem with any of the things in this list because like, yes and amen to every one of those. I don't have a problem with abstaining from evil, from praying, from giving thanks. But when it comes to quenching the spirit, then we start to go, ooh, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the question of the day, I guess, Shannon. Is it just not true because you're not comfortable with it? It's a good question to ask because I think that's true. People don't like the uncomfortableness that this could be leading up to the truth of revelation and of prophecy. I think many people don't want to believe that we are on the cusp. Now, did they say we were on the cusp 2,000 years ago? They did. They did, right. So is it tomorrow? Is it next month? Is it next year? I don't know. It says only God the Father knows, and not even the Son. And people say, well, I think Jesus is getting ready. Listen, I think Jesus has been ready for 2,000 years. Right. <laughs> Me too. I think it's just when God the Father says, go get them, they're coming back. Amen. Amen. But I, I think people, you, that word uncomfortable is, is so true that, and I see that in Christianity too. And we also have this teaching of hyper um, grace. We have the prosperity gospel. Where when we start teaching about sin and repentance, people are like, that makes me uncomfortable, so I don't want to go to that church anymore. And I think when we become uncomfortable, this Bible is offensive. Yes, the it cross is. is offensive. And when people don't get their warm and fuzzy fill on that Sunday because a pastor maybe has talked about something that makes you feel uncomfortable, I think you got to question something in your own spiritual realm that God is constantly testing us as we're supposed to test those who teach us. But I think we can't put our head in the sand, as you say, so to speak, and say, oh, this can't happen on my lifetime. My, my girls used to say, I don't think Jesus is coming back in this lifetime, Mom. And in just the last six months, they're in their 20s and 30s, and they're saying, oh, I definitely think I could see it. I think there's a generation that's like oblivious almost to it that this could even be possible. And as times worsen and become more uncertain, and if you're in your word and you see that, boy, these things are true. Yes, true amen. Prophecy, we could be right on the verge. Well, let's go to Revelation, because um, you mentioned that, Shannon. You kind of asked me this, but let's yeah. go to chapter 19 okay. for a moment. And I want to uh, peel out some verses here, uh, starting in verse 9 of Revelation 19. Then he said to me, now this is the angel speaking to John. John. Okay, the, the Apostle John. Yep. Right. And he said to me, write, in other words, write these down, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. 
And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. Okay, there it is right there, Shannon. These are the true sayings of God. And then what does he say next? And I fell at his feet to worship him. Now remember, an angel is telling John to write this down. But what this angel is saying, but he said to me, see that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. So worship God. Okay, so again, the angel is not wanting to take any credit or any worship, but listen to what it says next. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So those of us, uh, Shannon, that have accepted Christ, that have Jesus Christ living on the inside of us, that he has saved us. And we are, as it says in verse 9, we are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb, right? There's no doubt about it. If you are saved, you are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And here's what he says, for the testimony of Jesus. Shannon, you and I have the testimony of Jesus, Mm -hmm. right? Because of what he did for us. Those are just for believers, right? They are. They're just for believers. believers. And it says that that testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What it is, is it's the fulfillment. Of prophecy. So so it was prophesied that Jesus would come, right? Jesus came. He died on the cross. He paid for our sins, Shannon. We received him by faith, right? We are now saved. So that testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It's the fulfillment of prophecy. And it's continuing to come to pass. So, you know, all, and, and during Christmas time, there's all of these quotes going around uh, that were Old Testament prophecies about Jesus. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. You know, all of those things, and the government shall be on our shores. Those are all testimonies about Jesus. And then it came to pass. And then Jesus came. And he fulfilled all of that, right? And now what we have within us is the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit or the fulfillment of that prophecy living on the inside of us. How powerful is that? So therefore, Shannon, we should not be afraid of that. We should not be afraid of the prophecy, right? The spirit of prophecy. Well, let me ask you this, Shannon, real simply. Who is the spirit of prophecy? It's the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so should we be afraid of the Spirit? And, and some denominations calling the Holy Ghost, does that make him scary? <laughs> but it shouldn't, right? right. And, and the bottom line is this. It is the Father, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings that prophecy to pass. He makes it happen. If you go all the way back to Genesis 1.1, it said that God spoke And the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, hovered across the face of the deep. The Holy Spirit was at creation. And what he brings is the fulfillment of what God's will is. And it brings to us, Shannon, you and I, the testimony of Jesus. That is so good, Mark. Thanks for unpacking that. I have honestly never studied that or heard that portion in Revelation. It's awesome. But let's talk to the person who is questioning, are we in... The end times. Well, I think we all would probably say, yes, a resounding, are we in the end times? But are we in that tribulation time? I know there's pre-trib, post-trib, trib. Yeah. And so talk to the person who is maybe confused about that. Let's ask the first question. Do you believe that Christians, when, when 
Christ returns for his church, his bride. The Christians are going in that moment. Well, here's the here's the schools of thought on this, Shannon. There are <laughs> what are, are nicknamed pre-trib people. That means before the tribulation. There are mid-trib people that say that the church will be raptured out in the middle of the Great Tribulation. And then there are those that believe in post-trib, okay? Which means the church, Christians are going to have to go through the entire tribulation before they're raptured out. Now, let me say this. I would consider myself a pan-trib What's that? <laughs> You're laughing, Shannon. I haven't I, heard that one yet. Yeah, and so this is what? God's going to work it out. And however he wants to pan it out, that's where I'm going to be. So if he takes us out in the beginning, if he takes us out in the middle, or he takes us out at the end, God's going to work it all out. It'll pan out in the end the way God wants it to. And I know that's kind of a cheat, but I will tell you this, honestly, Shannon, I have sat in multiple debate sessions. I've read, I've heard all of the arguments and all of them have a laundry list of scriptures that they say to back it up. Mm -hmm. And so really, what does it matter? If I'm the Lord's, he's going to take me out when he decides to take me out and it's going to pan out because I'm in him. That's right. I think too, that's what I was going to say, just maybe a little bit differently is I don't, it doesn't matter to you and I what if you're pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, or pan-trib. I love that. That you're like, it's just going to pan out however God wants it. Yeah. I haven't heard that one yet. But here's the bottom line, guys, is that you got to be ready. You got to be ready. You got to be ready. And it says that there will be one in the field and, and one will go. You know, maybe that's one will be at the Amazon dis distribution site working yeah. and the other will go. You yeah. know, it, it talks about... When you hear those scriptures, think about the culture in the 2,000 years ago when these things are written. You know, maybe one will be at the stove and one will go. Think about what technology and what conveniences we have today. And you're like, well, that doesn't really, isn't relevant to today. No, it will be that one person will stay and one will go. The person who stays is the one who did not choose to believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Now, I know somebody's going to say, I believe there's a God. I want to just say this. Demons also believe in God. Amen. And so you have to ask yourself, and this is for yourself and yourself alone. Have I accepted Christ into my heart? Have I received him as Lord and Savior? Have I surrendered my heart to him? Because I think there's a lot of people that are going to be very saddened on the day they don't go. Because just because you were in a pew, because you served in Sunday school, because you were an usher, does not warrant you the trip into heaven. And some people just take on fire insurance and say, yeah, I believe in God because I don't want to go to hell. I would say most people generally don't want to go to hell. But it's not that that you're just doing it because you want to stay out of the confines of hell. The point is, is that have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you asked him to take over your life. Don't just count it that you're going because you've checked off all the boxes, you've done the Bible studies, you've sang in the choir, you gave at the Salvation Army. Those are all wonderful things and those are great things that we do as good people, as Christians, but there's a lot of non-believers, a lot of great people, friends of mine I have that are wonderful, wonderful people that I know today if Jesus was to return they would not be going to heaven, which saddens me. You know, it says there's no tears in heaven. I think that day, our first day in heaven, 
only because I know we're not going to know who was left behind. I, I don't know what that's going to look like. But to me, that's so saddening to think there's a lot of wonderful people that will not go. So the bottom line is this. Are we close to the tribulation? Are we close to the rapture? I don't know. Because also we have to remember this, that in God's economy, a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. Now think about this, you guys. If we're in the year 2022, God has only been gone for two days. Think about it. Jesus has only been gone for two days. 2,000 years since he's gone, right? Right. And what day did he return on? The third day. The Jan. third day. We are in that generation of that turning. So think about that. It could be imminent. It could be another 500 years. I don't know. None of us know that answer. But the one thing you must know, and for you and you alone, and you can't answer this for your spouse, you can't answer this for your children, for your pastor, for your grandmother, your mother, are you set to be raptured with Jesus when he returns? I think that's the bottom line, Shannon. I guess uh, what I'll share with the listeners today on this very topic, uh, Matthew chapter 24 talks a lot, a lot, a lot about the Great Tribulation and all of this. So if you would, if for time's sake, we can't unpack the whole entire thing, but if you would get your nose in Matthew 24, and if you would bring those questions up before the Lord. And again, uh, talking about the Holy Spirit in our lives, Shannon, if you will ask God to show you through his Holy Spirit what this is all about, I believe he'll unpack it for you. Uh, I'll say this, Shannon, I'll just highlight a couple verses. And we, we've heard about this. You know, you will hear of, this is verse six, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. And people will say, well, that's been happening for years. And then he says in verse 8, all these are the beginnings of sorrow. And I'm going to skip down just a little bit here, down to verse 21. For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, that's you and I, Shannon, mm -hmm. for our sake, those days will be shortened. This is what the Lord says, right? I'm going to skip down uh, one more time, and it's the coming of the Son of Man. And in verse 31, he says, And he will send angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect. That's what you're talking about, Shannon. If you're not ready, you won't be gathered. Uh, his very elect from the four winds, from one end of the earth, or one end of heaven to the other. And finally, uh, down to verse 36, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so will also be the coming of the Son of Man. And so this is what's happening. And last thing I want to kind of wrap up with today in my piece of this, Shannon, we could go on and on. I've done a lot of studying on this. Uh, verse 42 says, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. You do not know. But verse 44, therefore, you also be ready. This is what you're saying, Shannon. Be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And Shannon, I've had a lot of people ask me, oh my goodness, is this the mark of the beast? You know, is this, 
is this uh, vaccine the mark of the beast? Is the is the the vaccine card all the are these the mark of the beast? No, it's not yet. These are the beginnings of sorrows. These are the beginnings of birth pains. But be ready for the Son of Man is going to come at an hour where you do not expect. That's so good, Mark. I think you did a great job explaining to a lot of us that maybe are just kind of in a quandary right now, wondering, is this here? Are we really in the midst of the end times? Are we seeing, you know, the Antichrist being ushered in? People are like, well, he's here already. I don't know. I don't know that any of us could say possibly, very possibly. Right. But I think the bottom line today is this, is the question we asked in the very beginning. Is this really happening it really is. It is. It's really happening. But I think what Mark just read in that very last verse is this. So you also must be ready. I did a teaching one time on that's all it was is be ready, be ready, be ready. Don't get caught because listen, just like in the days of Noah, like it talks about here, people did not know what rain was. Right. Until they heard the drip, drip, drip. I believe the same is going to happen on that day of Christ's return when the eastern sky opens up and the trumpet sounds. There's no turning back. The door had been shut. Amen. And there's nothing that we can do for those who are left behind. So I want to encourage you today, if you don't know the Lord, if you're not 110%, if Jesus were to come back today, do you know if he were to come that you would go up in the skies with him today. You can't leave that question unanswered for your sake and your sake alone because we're talking eternity. We're not talking for 10 years, 100 years. We are talking eternity, friends. So let this be just a charge to all of you to do a self-check, a soul check. Where are you today? Would you be raptured? Are you the elect that Jesus is going to take home with him one day? You've been listening to Journey Living. Thanks for tuning in again. And be sure and tune in again next week. If you've been intrigued by any of this at all, uh, you won't want to miss the next episode. So thanks for tuning in today, guys. Mm -hmm.